Morning, everybody. Thank you, Anthony, very much indeed. We get halfway through a conversation with you to get him going. Bank holiday Monday. All that kind of rubbish. You should sort of thing. It's very quiet out there, actually. In fact, I might go out there again. I'm in that kind of mood this morning. I'm feeling in a little niggly mood. You know, when you feel like winding somebody up, I'm feeling in that kind of mood today. Because I'm going to... I'm sorry. I'm trying not to be, um, be critical of people today. I'm, every day I come into the studio... And somebody said to me a while ago, they said, do you think there'll be a day when you're actually going to be nice about somebody? And I go, do you know, I start the programme with all good intentions. I think, today I'm going to be nice about somebody. I sit down, the red light comes on, and I can't help it. It just goes out the window. I'm just, I'm just naturally bitter and twisted. <laughs> I just quite like it. But I've discovered I'm not alone. I thought, oh, I'm alone. You know, you, can't, you, you get one person writing in, they'll be the balmy one, you know. The one, mm, dear Steve... I'm going to report you to Ofka. Oh, sod off, you boring old windbag. <laughs> you know, she's, these people, you know, they, they hold their head under the bathwater, do everybody a favour. And, and you sit there and you think, but 99% of people have agreed with everything that we've ever said on the programme. I don't think we've ever had a situation, ever, in my life that I can remember, where the majority of people went, no, you're definitely wrong on that one. Apart from yesterday, when I thought everything should have been open, and people were saying, oh, no, we should definitely keep Sunday special, it's Easter Sunday. Well, I tell you, you couldn't move for people out yesterday. Every restaurant was heaving, every place that we went to, and we did go to a place, and I'll tell you just after half past where we went yesterday, because I thought it was quite a nice day out. It had a downside, but as usual, the upside outweighed it. Uh, And then we had a meal in Braintree. Don't ever go to Braintree for a meal. That's all I can tell you. I'll tell you it was an industrial estate. I'll tell you it was one of those eat-as-much-as-you-like Chinese places where we went in, and I have to tell you this now, because I've, I've, I felt like saying to the guy, are you stupid? There's nine of us, OK? Nine of us. Three children and a lot more adults. And was it nine? No, I can't work five, six. No, eight of us, I beg your pardon. Sorry, I get confused how many Cokes we ordered. Uh, eight of us. There's, there's Poppy, who is ten... And she looks 10. And the Charlotte, who's 13, 14, and she looks a lot older. And then there's Nathan, and then there's Danielle. Uh, yes, that's not bad. So anyway, so we go there. And they've got a thing in this restaurant to determine how much the kids pay, whether they pay an adult, is determined by their height. By their height, I ask you. This is not a funfair ride. This is a Chinese, eat as much as you like for 12 quid or whatever it happens to be. So they measure Poppy. And she's, stand- and she's quite, for ten, she's quite tall. She can't help being tall, but she's ten. And he goes, well, you know, because she's, th- th- I'll, I'll let you this time have, you know, children's price. You think, she is a child. There's nothing, you know, I feel like taking a family of midgets in there and going, OK, they're all under this height, we're all seven quid each, all right? What can do about that? He made it sound as though he was, he was doing us some big favour. Although you all walk out, don't you go into Chinese eat as much as you like restaurants and you go, oh, I could eat all, oh, they've got sweet and sour chicken, sweet and sour pork, they've got this and they had Thai and they had all sorts, it was really lovely. And then when you've eaten it, you've eaten two platefuls and that's about all you can manage, you go, do you know, I don't want to eat Chinese ever again. And that's exactly what we thought. We all walked out and went, I don't want to eat that ever again. Apart from the fact that Chris went, how much tip did you give? I said, well, I didn't give any tip. He said, we've just left £9 tip. He said, and we got the food. Terrible, really, isn't it? You should never tip in places like that. To get bad service, don't tip. Anyway, all of that to one side. I'm going to have to name and shame today. Sorry about this. The producer will have his finger over his little button. But that's another story and probably a whole new programme, I should imagine, with Jim Davis. Uh, so, because he's had one of those funny days. Because Amanda's got a couple of days off. Ever since I took her out for a meal on Friday, the poor girl's gone down with diphtheria, I think. But uh, she's been off. I mean, everybody's oh, She said, I've got a dreadful sore head. And all, like, it's my fault. 
Like it's my, I take people out for a couple of sherbets, and that's it. We did have a few few drinks yesterday. And, wait a minute, just type, um, I forgot what my password is. Huh? Thank you. Is it, do you remember seeing when um, they used to do that on the television? And uh, Cilla Black used to do it. She'd have just dialed this number. And she's trying desperately not to read the number out. Because you know there are people at home who sit there. And if they hear a number on a programme, they'll actually phone it to see who answers the other end. You know, they'll sit on Bergerac and they'll phone up and go, Hello, is that Bureau de, de, des Etrangers? You know, it's kind of rubbish. And so, poor old Cilla Black used to sit there on surprise, surprise, trying to trying to do a number, carry on a conversation, at the same time do it without revealing the number to anybody listening at home, just in case there were the barmies out there, you know, the window dribblers. Uh, I must mention a show very quickly that my friend Jack Seaton is doing. He's at the German Street Theatre. Jack Seaton is an expert on musical, an acknowledged expert. He knows everything about... The musical. He knows everything about, you know, the Max Millers and the Danny Kays and the Tommy Trinders and all the shows with the crazy gang at the Victoria Palace. Uh, he was a variety producer himself. In fact, he's produced loads of shows at the Hackney Empire. And um, what he's done is he's, he's put this show together with the aid of bill cards and photographs. He remembers some of the supporting acts performing budgies, people like that, strippers. And he's doing it. Uh, at the German Street Theatre, and it's on Sunday the 31st of May at 3pm and 7pm. The tickets are £15, concessions are 13 And it's well worth going to, because he's got a mind... If, if you if you well, are one of those people who hanker for the days of variety, if you hanker for the days of musical, and you hanker for some of those names, with the help of Jack Seaton, you will achieve it all. OK? And so it's Sunday the 31st of May, the German Street Theatre which is in Southwest One, one minute from Piccadilly Circus. Jack Seaton is there with Music Hall, Variety and Me. It's a great show, great little show. Wish I'd put it together myself. Uh, 84850. Steve, I'm with you. It's political madness gone wrong. You enjoy your meal. Same thing happened to my six-year-old. You see? I think, really, that... What's that got to do with political correct? I mean, I think the trouble is, it's either a child or it's not a child. It's got the height I understand, because if you go to Thorpe Park, there are certain rides that if you're a little person, you can't go on, because for safety reasons. But if you're going out to a Chinese restaurant, you're eating all your life. This is a child. It's a ten-year-old. Don't be so bloody stupid. It's a ten-year-old. Even I can see it's a ten-year-old. You know, I'm doing you a favour. You're doing me no favour at all, I'm afraid. Dom and Dom, good morning. Um... Gary in Surbiton, he said, after all the years of wondering, I might see you in Twickenham. I was surprised to see you at Headingham Castle. I would have loved to say hello, but I didn't want to as you with the family. Yes, you saw us upstairs in the, in the keep. No, we went there for the jousting. We thought we'd, get, we'd seen the advert in the paper, thinking there was going to be jousting. And I saw Gary, and uh, he sort of clocked. And I can always tell, because if I'm talking, somebody will go, they'll always either go, I recognise your voice. I get that. Although I did get some stupid woman in Twickenham who said to me, you don't sound at all as you do on the radio. I thought, I sound exactly the same as I do on the radio, you balmy old bat. Exactly the same. That's why people are always coming up to me going, I recognise you. I recognise your voice. And so we were having a look round. And the, we actually really enjoyed the day. I'll tell you more about Headingham Castle later, because it's, it's open today, I think. They're doing exactly the same. But we, we, got, we didn't get any jousting. We wanted to see jousting. We never saw a horse at all. We just saw a muddy field and a lot of people dressed in robes. It was very funny. Very funny. Uh, Jeff says, nice to hear you, Bank Holiday. I'm having tea before going to my job on the internet shopping. Tesco, Milton Keynes. Fantastic. I love it. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. I've got to read out this story from the paper the other day, from, from today, actually, for the simple reason that it's made me quite angry. 
Especially as the, these people have turned around and gone, we ruined our wedding day and all this kind of stuff. And I'll tell you exactly what the story is in a moment. Apart from telling you, the Princess Eugenie is pictured in all the papers today wearing a bikini. <coughs> Sorry. Absolutely awful. She's a hefty hideaway girl. Not in a British bikini, if you please. In an American one. And the good news is, for a lot of guys like my producer out there, she's doing some hot girl-on-girl action. Princess Eugenie. <laughs> Makes you feel quite... You wonder why there's, heter- why there's gay men out there. You know, you sort of look at this and you think, uh, 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 not very attractive. But anyway, she's doing some girl-on-girl action. She's a bit of a hefty hideaway girl. There is one thing you can say about Princess Eugenie. She's not attractive. I think you could say that with your hand on your heart and go, I'm sorry, you know, if you had the best makeover in the world, it ain't happening. No, I thought she had a boyfriend. I thought she was going out with this guy, Dave. But uh, she's all over... Uh, a rash, some some bloke who's described as a male pal. Honestly, these people, this is supposed to be sixth in line to the throne. These people should be executed for daring to touch the royal bosoms and, and doing all the others. You shouldn't be able to touch royalty like this. The whole idea of them being royal, well, small wonder that all the mystique's gone out of the royal family. They turn out to just be as dim and plank-like as everybody else out there. No difference at all. So here she is, frolicking about in the water. Although, frankly, with bosoms that size, she's never likely to sink. Let's put it that way. Uh, Busty Britain's got talent stripper Fabia Carer, another one who, frankly, can turn straight men gay, I should imagine, with one look, uh, was once pals with Aunt McParkland's wife. I don't know if you saw Britain's Got Talent, but uh, there was this fat lump taking her clothes off, wholly inappropriate for television. Wholly inappropriate for television, a programme watched by young people. And, and I thought, oh, she was a strip, the, um, she was Aunt McPartland's wife's childhood friend. Exactly. When she was 16. When she was 16. She's not, she's now 35. So she's not seen her for about 18 years. It's kind of stretching a point, isn't it? Just a little bit. But uh, here they are. The, uh, she got beaten, was sectioned in a mental hospital. There's so many balmy people out there, and they turn up on the television, and they sell their stories. And you think, I'm so glad I don't live next to you. I'm so glad I don't live next... Oh, Christ. I'm so glad I don't live next to Jack Tweed. Because here he is again. Apparently he's going to take cheap flowers up to her grave every day. How long will that last, Jack? I don't want to be cynical, but frankly, I wouldn't trust you as far as I could throw you. And it's so nice that every time you go up there, there's a photographer to record the action of you buying cheap flowers. Two bunches, six quid. So he's going, yesterday he took her an Easter egg. I didn't want to point out the patently obvious, but she ain't going to have much chance of eating it, is she? Kind of waste of chocolate. Somebody will go out there and nick it and it'll appear on eBay. That's what happens. People do that sort of thing nowadays. And uh, so here he is buying uh, things like that. And apparently uh, a huge memorial party is going to be held on April the 22nd, one month after her death, at her beloved Embassy Nightclub in West London. How many times did she go there, excuse me? Her beloved Embassy Nightclub? All she was is some fat bird who fell in and out of clubs and was rude to people. But, uh, as I say, another chapter over. They seem to be dragging it out for as long as they possibly can. Um, I'm in two minds over the jail that was set on fire by the lags in there. One half of me is thinking, I tell you what, why don't you repair it? Why don't you repair it? Because, to be honest with you, I don't see why. You've caused all the trouble. We should actually have to tidy up after you. I tell you what, you live in that squalor and mess. You made it. It's your doing, isn't it? Nobody comes around in my house to start tidying up after me. So I think... If Lags, you know, who was drunk, a drunken lag, set this fire a bit, you clear up the prison. Let's make them do it. It's about time we got some blooming discipline back, isn't it? Sick to death of it. Still to come, 
Oh, it's so nice. I'm so delighted for John Gaunt that he's finally got a job where nobody's ever going to hear him again. I couldn't be happier, John, for you. We were all so hoping you were going to get a job on the real world, but it turns out not to be, lovey. Never mind. You know, better luck next year. Or the year after. Or the year after. Or just never. 5.15. With the travel, there can't be anything this morning, Hugh, can there? Well, you never know. There might be something. Really? Where? Uh, in Chislehurst, actually. Oh, right. uh, there's a road closed there. It's uh, Centre Common Road is closed. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Thank you, Hugh. He'll be back uh, with us later this morning. Bank holiday Monday. I think things are open today. I'm hoping things are open today. That would be nice. How many times can I turn on the television or open up the newspapers to discover Michelle Ryan in there saying about, you know, how exciting it is being in Doctor Who? Shut up and go away. It's just a part. It's just a part. It'd be like, you know, Del Boy appearing in the papers every day going, oh, it's marvellous, you know, that character I created for Only Fools and Horses. It's as boring, I'm afraid, Michelle. It really is. We, all right, we've seen you in it. We know you're in EastEnders. We know you went to America. We know the bionic woman failed and fell on its big fat bottom. OK, we know you've been in Doctor Who. End of story. She says, and th- this is the extent of it. It was almost as bad the other day. Who was that bird who apparently has started drearily? Natalie Pinkham. God in heaven. I didn't think anybody could see, be so boring in my time. Jim Davis's flatmate. God in heaven. I tell you, if ever there was somebody who wanted to stuff their mouth with Ferreira Rocher and say, shut up, she'd be it, I'm afraid. So today we've got Michelle Ryan. David is sexy and funny. All my friends were so jealous I got to kiss him. I never even saw you doing it, love, so I kind of... Uh, you had to tell people about it, because obviously they didn't. Anyway... Here are the stupidest people in the world. Unfortunately, it's so dumb, they can't see it. Three blokes turn up at the airport. Hassan Shah, his brother Musa, and cousin Amar. OK? All well and good. They go to Gatwick. They go to Gatwick. They're going on a flight to Pakistan. So that one of them can get married. Mr Shah is a furniture shop worker. They uh, they uh, go and they actually check in and they go with Emirates. When they get to the airport, they're so excited that they drink. I don't know whether they're allowed to drink or whether they're not allowed to drink. I thought it was a bit strange, actually. They're going to Pakistan, but they downed a bottle of wine, OK? They were asked for their passports at the boarding gate. But his friends, so you've got uh, Amar the groom, then it's either Hassan or Musa. Oh, no, perhaps it's Hassan. It's, anyway, Amar or Musa who stupidly said, and here they are, the dumbest planks in the entire bloody world, ladies and gentlemen, they cracked this joke, heard by loads of passengers, and uh, and the joke was, uh, don't let him on, he's a terrorist. Don't let him on, he's a terrorist. Rather stupid, actually, rather stupid. This gag was made just hours after 12 terror suspects, 11 from Pakistan, uh, were held in raids across England. We've ended up having to borrow... And then, then this drippy old so-and-so starts complaining that, well, we had to borrow money and Emirates said they wouldn't fly us. I'm not surprised. I wouldn't fly if I owned an airline. Prat like you. One of you made the comment. He said, I've, I've asked them. He said, I think they've actually taken this too seriously. Well, you're even more stupid, Mr Shah, than I imagine. I didn't think they took it seriously at all. They reacted because somebody... Joke... He says here... Uh, my wedding plans. There's nothing wrong with having a drink before you fly. And we were all a bit excited. And it was just a joke. It's just a joke, Mr Shah. I hope you realise what a joke is, you stupid little child. You know, one of them says, as they're about to board, don't let him on. He's a terrorist. 
You can't believe the thickness of some people. You know, in a climate like this, dumb or what? And then, to add insult or injury, they've even allowed themselves to be photographed so you can see how stupid they are. He says, I didn't hear what was said, but clearly it would have been said in jest. Hmm, funny. How about, I've got a bomb in here, I'm going to blow it up. It's only a laugh. It's only a laugh. It's not serious. Stupid man. Anyway, he said, they banned me from flying. My wedding plans have been ruined. Good. I'm quite glad. In fact, to be honest with you, if I'd been the police, I'd have kicked you out of the airport. I don't think idiots like you. I mean, quite clearly, you haven't got the intelligence of a toothbrush. Do you remember? <clears throat> the producers just reminded me. That stupid girl who was stopped in... For the same thing, wasn't it? She said, I've got a bomb. And they go, well, I'm sorry. What do you, what do you, I mean, what do you expect the police to do? I mean, people are so dumb nowadays. And so, consequently, the same thing happened to her as happened to her. I wouldn't have let these idiots fly anywhere. They're quite clearly too stupid for their own good. Their parents should take them, put them over their knee and give them a jolly good whack on their little bottoms because they're quite clearly the dumbest people in the world. You think that's a joke, Mr Shah? You're even more stupid than I think you are. Unbelievable! Unbelievable ignorance in this day. What the hell do you think the police are going to do? The people on Emirates obviously thought... Uh-oh. I'll tell you what, let's take it. We're not risking it. So the police went on, hauled off, uh, told them they were considering a secu- they were considered a security threat and barred them from travelling. I'd have kicked them out of the airport. I'd have stripped them completely, searched all their... Li- I mean, how stupid do you have to be? So it's either Amar or Musa. One of them is stupid. Difficult to tell, actually, looking at the picture. But one of them... I love the idea that Mr Shah says, well, I didn't hear what was said. But it would have been said in jest. Well, you are a dimbo, matey. A dimbo. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. You can't believe it, can you? You cannot believe the stupidity of people. It's like, I don't know, I just can't think of anything that would be so, so stupid that as, as to do something like that at an airport when, when staff are stretched and they're worried about things like that. <laughs> God. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. Maybe the dead come to life and, east and eat Easter eggs, says Edith. You're as stupid as you sound, aren't you? How did you get a phone? Where did you get it from? Another one here. Uh, my phone number came up on Midsummer Murders, says Jim. Ha <laughs> ha. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, I think all the shops should be open at Easter. Yeah, I totally agree, actually. I think all the shops should be open at Easter. Which is great. 84850. Catherine and Caterham, shut up. Don't be so stupid. Jackie and Blackfriars. Says, welcome to my world, my granddaughter Kitty, born last Wednesday. And uh, lovely Angela says, doesn't get any better, in conversation with Steve Allen, twice, twice. See, and people download it as well, which is good. D says, where is this Chinese? I'm less than tall and fancy a cheap meal. Well, the funny thing is, when you go in there, and this one is in Braintree, it's on one of, it's, I can't remember the name of the estate is, somebody around there will know what it is. There's bound to be somebody listening in Braintree this morning. And they, they will tell you. And you eat as much as you like. The trouble is, you think you can eat loads, don't you, of Chinese? You can't. There must be something in it. Is it the monosodium glutamate? Whatever it is, you, you bring a little plate back. And it wasn't the biggest plate. And I had some uh, Thai lamb spicy curry. I had some sweet and sour chicken. Some of those um, other little things, which were shredded beef, which was quite nice. And I didn't have any rice, deliberately didn't have any rice. I could only manage two plates of this. And they weren't big plates. And that, that kind of filled me up. You fill me up, so I... Oh, no, no. So, um, I thought to myself, perhaps, perhaps I've eaten too much. And we were all the same. We were trying to persuade... 
Uh, Danielle to eat more. She seems quite happy with some slices of cucumber and chips. We go, eat more. It's cost seven quid. Eat more. Get a doggy bag. <laughs> so I pinched some chopsticks. Because they've got loads of chopsticks. And chopsticks are worth, like, penny a penny a thing. They must get that loads of these blooming things in. That loads. Talking of that loads, here she is again. Old lardy. It's uh, Eugenie. She did go topless on holiday. Mercifully, we've spared you those photographs this morning in the newspapers. But, uh, but you do have... Makeup sales beating the crunch. Women put on a brave face. Apparently, sales of makeup are going up. It's good news, isn't it? It's a curious fact that whenever we're in a recession, women buy more makeup. Or around our way, steal more makeup. It's fairly popular. I've watched schoolchildren doing it. And the one thing you've got to watch is the young girls on the street who don't know how to apply makeup. So they end up with what looks like a tide mark around their chin. So they've got this sort of orange pancake because, because they haven't looked properly in, in the mirror. And and then they've got this. They haven't blended it in properly, because Charlotte was wearing makeup yesterday, and her dad Chris said, "Look, you've missed a bit here." And I said, "What did you put it on with?" She said, "A sponge." So I thought, "Well, that's not, you're ninety percent there. Never ever put your makeup on with fingers. Always use a sponge." All the professional makeup artists will tell you that is the way forward. But you've got to blend it in. You've got to sort of put it down there. And when we had our makeup, I was asking John Cushing about this because he had loads of makeup on for his LBC photographs. And um, it's quite noticeable, actually, in some of the pictures. Um, and and, and they, they sort of put it on with a sponge. And, you know, it me- does make you look good. I can understand why ladies get up in the morning and go, oh, God, I look awful. I know, I'll put the makeup on. So if you work up on the makeup counter, you know, like Paula or any of the girls that I know in, in Richmond, it must be so satisfying because you know that even if you look like death underneath, by the time you put the war paint on, you look fantastic. So that's the advantage. Unfortunately, they've got nothing for men. The nearest thing that they brought out for men was um, bronzer. And most men will tell you it's a bit, it's a bit naff. I have used it on stage, it has to be said, <laughs> uh, because, well, because it just gives you a little bit of a colour. You don't want to look too pale, do you? So men, men can use a bronzer or a fake tan or something like that. But it's not the same as ladies who can literally transform I've seen people like Sharon Osbourne and Colleen Nolan with their makeup up. They look totally unrecognisable. That's why so many women sleep with their makeup on. For the simple reason they actually, they have to, because when they take it off, the husband's got no idea who he's sleeping with. You wake up in the morning, you go, who are you? Uh, I'm the wife. Since when? Since when were you the wife? Love it. It was a heartfelt performance from an unwell star, and one which won her millions of fans. And this is uh, Susan Boyle. Uh, Susan Boyle did I Dreamed a Dream. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, the dream didn't quite manifest itself in her looks. And she said even she was horrified when she saw herself back on the television. She said that I looked back and thought I looked, you know, television adds pounds. Boy, did in your case, love. It really did. But again, she's another Paul Potts. So they come on stage and everybody goes, oh, my God, what are you going to do, love? Tassel dance? Ping pong balls? I don't know. And then she starts singing and people go, blimey, what a great voice. Unfortunately, I don't know where it goes from there. Quite clearly, a stripper is never going to make it in front of Her Majesty, in the same way that some poor bloke who shoves eight Ferrero Rocher in his mouth isn't going to appear in front of the Queen. It's the Royal Variety performance. We stone people at the Royal Variety. We've been known to sit there in stony silence, and we have killed comedians' careers. Established, we sit there, and if they're not funny, you can hear the buzz around the theatre. People, people start talking. I've seen people read newspapers and start doing the crossword. But you get a big star on there and the crowd goes crackers. But they're very unforgiving at Royal Variety. I quite like it because it does sort out some of the rubbish. That's why the other year George Sampson 
the little 14-year-old who dances on his head through rain, who apparently was liked by a certain section of the population on Britain's Got Talent, died on his proverbial on the Royal Variety. We sat there, and the applause was, well, let's call it lukewarm. Meatloaf turned up, did his first song, and people are going, has he had a drink? Because he, he couldn't get it together at all. But what they do, they're, they're quite clever with Royal Variety. They film it twice. So, in other words, they film their dress rehearsal and then they film the actual show. So, if on the night one of the artists gets a fit of fear and they can't appear in front of a majesty or something goes horribly wrong, they can put out the other one. And that's what they had to do with Meatloaf because the performance you saw on the television of Meatloaf was not the performance we witnessed in the, in the theatre. In fact, all we were talking about was how blummy... Was he drunk? That's what we were saying. What people say, and he had a sherbet. The whole audience was whispering it. I mean, it was, it was quite, quite funny, actually. It's like people saying, you know, after seeing on the television the other night, Amanda Holden, how much workout she had done. You know, how she had Botox. She looked like she'd been plumped up from every which way. We know she has, you know, in other departments. But, I mean, you sort of think to yourself, how much Botox has she had? Because she couldn't move her face. She looked a bit like Danny Minogue. And you know how little we think of her. LBC 97.3 Morning, everybody, and a morning to all market traders who are getting up to have to go to work today because today could be a good day. Actually, you're not going to beat this price. How much for this one? I'm going to have to ask the producer because he's generally quite careful with his money. Okay. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm assuming he's careful. Okay. This is a patio table and chairs. Okay. You get a table, glass table. You get four folding chairs, uh, glass. Um, well, sorry, it's... Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's the frame? Now, don't start pushing me on what the frame's made out of. The fr- I'm just telling you now. It's a six-piece patio set. And... Well, anyway, whatever it is, it's a six... All right, it's four chairs. It's a table with an umbrella that goes in the middle. How much are they selling that for this morning in Asda? What are the chairs? Well, I the chairs are tubular steel. They must be their folding chairs. Folding chairs... Uh, woven plastic top and folds. The chairs do not have arms. They're just, they're just folding chairs. Okay. Oh, he thinks forty pounds. You see, I thought it was a lot more. Th- it's fifty pounds. You thought forty? That's very good. Because in fact, if you went to Asda as well, you can get the three-piece bistro set, which is two chairs and the table again, different size table for forty quid. See, I think that's quite. I want to know where you go and get that made, and if they're selling it for forty quid, that's got to be a hundred percent markup. So somebody, so somebody can make that for less than 20 quid for the whole lot. It's got to be made abroad, hasn't it? You can't make it here. Can't make it here. Anyway, yes, it's probably made in China, I should imagine. I mean, it's where, that's how you, you, you can afford all this stuff, because oh, the labour is very cheap. So anyway, yesterday, we, as you all discovered on the programme, thank you very much indeed for, for telling us, we couldn't go to Blue Water. That's where we were going to go. Chris, Sharon, uh, the kids and me, we were going to go to Blue Water. And then you all said, don't, don't bother going there, Steve. It's not open. All right, we won't go to Blue Water. What shall we do? So we've got no idea. Uh, Dawn and Pete and Poppy surprised him, isn't it? We were, uh, we were th- they, they were thinking of going, I think, to Audley End. And, and that, that was quite a drive. I'm thinking an hour there, an hour back. Anyway, so we, we, we go through what's on in Essex. Bit of a compendium. And we end up with Headingham Castle. It's in a place called... Castle Headingham, surprisingly, in Essex. It's a very pretty little village, the one it's in. I wouldn't mind living in a village like this. And it's, it's a lovely castle. It really is. They, they do weddings, they're licensed. Plus, there's a, there's a house there. And strangely enough, as we walk back to the car park, there's a little cottage in the grounds, and you can stay there. They actually rent that out to you. It's a Norman keep, the castle. Uh, 110 feet high, built in 1140 by Aubrey de Vere. 
It sounds a bit like uh, a television programme, doesn't it? And still owned by one of his descendants, which is the Honourable Thomas Lindsay and his wife Virginia. Four Floors, it's, it's really good. It's really good. And yesterday, and I think it's on today as well, they've got different things taking place. We didn't see any jousting. We saw people on foot doing it. I was expecting to see horses galloping up and down. We didn't see that. They've got tents, lovely smell of fires. The only downside to this place, and it's all lovely, it's not cheap. It was, I think, £30 for a family. That was up to three children, two adults, £9 for an adult. Normally, it's a fiver to go in. So we all go. We all meet down there, Poppy and Dawn and Pete. They actually came on afterwards, and we've been there. The food on offer was nothing short of disgusting. That's all I can tell you. It was disgusting. What they'd done is they had lots of craftspeople round making things was a guy, and, but doing it in the traditional way. So it, it was actually quite a nice day. I was surprised at how how much we liked it and how much the kids liked it. You can get a beer and uh, and a cup of tea and stuff like that. But they only had one wagon selling food. Well, frankly, if I'd been a hygiene person, I'd have closed them down straight away. There were no gloves on. Uh, the food, the funniest thing was at the end of the day, we noticed, and I don't know if the castle want to take notice of this one, but they wrapped up the huge piece of pork that was sitting on the thing in, in tin foil, obviously to use again. So they've already cooked it. And it was sitting there yesterday, and we all st- stood there as they were wrapping it up. I mean, of course, you don't really expect somebody on the radio to go and expose what you're doing. But the food was disgusting. I can only describe it as overpriced rubbish. I don't know how they got the nerve to actually be there. Because Headingham Castle is quite a nice place, and it's quite classy. But the food was nothing short of dire, I'm afraid. So we didn't, have, we didn't do anything like that uh, down there. We did queue up, because the kids wanted some chips. So we get halfway down. This is the middle of the afternoon. Sorry, I've run out of chips. Run out of chips. So if you're going, my advice is take sandwiches or get a cup of tea in the Norman Keep. But it's, it's worth going to. It's a nice drive, some nice little villages down there. And it is uh, quite remarkable that this, this place is still standing. They do all sorts of wedding receptions and everything else. You can only go around. You can do archery in the grounds. and you can, They've got falcons there and stuff like that. It was, the kids loved it. Made, and we, we, we liked it as well. You'd have a good chat and you'd watch people doing things. I mean, I actually stood there watching a bloke making a handle. I was that, you, know, you just stand there, don't you? I'm thinking, what am I doing? But went inside the Norman Keep and that was, that was good as well. So that's Headingham Castle. And you could check them out on the internet. But if I was you, I'd take sandwiches. Don't touch any of the food down there. It was, it was just awful. How you could serve food with your bare hands and not have any gloves on, I've got no idea. How people are allowed to get away with it in this day. I suppose because it's on private property. But, oh, God, it was awful. Dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. Uh, very quickly, 84850, uk. Uh, nice to hear, says Warren, that Jack Seaton's still doing his thing. You may remember that before the Eel Pie Club, I used to produce the aspects of dance at the Hackney Empire. Absolutely. And Jack Seaton was in about three of my shows, including the 1995 That's Entertainment Gala show, which I had Larry Adler and Christopher Biggins. And Jack Seaton used to wear on stage one of Max Miller's original costumes. Give him my best wishes. I will do. I'm still looking at how they're, uh, pardon me, uh, trying to get the Riverside up to scratch in Twickenham. We're not holding out much hope for them finishing this and planting it, but they might get to some of the way there. The trouble is they don't seem to have anybody on there at the moment. We, we went past the other day, and I'm, I do follow it, you know, and, um, and sort of try and see how much work they've done on it. I keep saying, work faster, work faster. Uh, one here from Max who says, there's some kind of conspiracy going on here. I'm no pigsy. I regularly go to the gym, lift a lot of weight, and yet I can only manage two plates of Chinese food at my local buffet. He says, if you can't finish your plate, you're charged 10% wastage, and if you want to take away what you can't finish, £3.50. Well, we left loads of it, because the jelly at this place was horrible. The kids were leaving it, and normally kids will eat jelly, but they they didn't like any of it. 
And I was leaving plates of stuff as well. And they were just taking it away. But I know that in certain Chinese restaurants, if you, if you leave anything, they charge you for the wastage. So it can actually end up being a bit of false economy. It's quite expensive to eat there, so I understand exactly, Max, where you're coming from. Exactly. Interesting. I totally agree with you, says John. Uh, anyone in the times we live in who acts the maggot at an airport should be banned from flying for life. Anyone in America who has a laugh at an airport with an earshot of the security personnel, lands themselves in a cell interrogated by the FBI, the CIA and the NTSB people. Ask that dumb Essex girl who tried being a wise ass in Florida at the checking gate. Not only did she end up in custody, but myself and my travelling party were delayed a further six hours as a result. The Pakistani jokers can thank their stars. They were in the UK when they pulled that stunt. Had they pulled it over here, they'd have been in Guantanamo Bay by now. I mean, they are just the stupidest people in the world, aren't they? So just in case you've woken up, this is three guys. One's going out, Mr Shah, to be married in Pakistan. Bearing in mind, we've just had all these issues. People have been arrested across the country. And he stands there with his two friends, one of whom was his brother and one was a cousin, and says that, um, you know, don't let him on board. Don't let him on board because he's a terrorist. I think it's fantastic that we mention a story about the Essex girl and somebody who was actually on that flight emails in and says it just did, it inconvenienced everybody. Because I'm telling you, at, at, at Gatwick, those boys had already got on the flight and then obviously somebody went, oh, I'm not happy about this. So people would have sat there while the police came on. It's like, you know the one thing that annoys me on a flight? And it, oh, <laughs> you get on the flight and then you're all sitting there and you're all ready. <laughs> you know, like that. That kind of noise. You must have heard that before. But I don't know what it... It's frustration. It's frustration. And you sit there and they're going, and this is the last call, for Mr Edna Bucket. And you sit there, and then they can't find Edna Bucket, or whoever it is. So they go, oh, I'm terribly sorry, we can't find that passenger. We're going to have to offload their luggage. So they have to open up the hold. They have to go in the hold, take out this one piece of luggage, and then this so-and-so turns up. Well, frankly, I'd make them walk. I wouldn't entertain them at all. I'm terribly sorry. The flight takes off at 20 to 6 in the morning. Where are you? You're wandering around the bloody airport, aren't you? Doing a bit of shopping because you're deaf as a post. Drives me mad. I wouldn't let them fly. And these blokes, Mr Shah and uh, his brother and his cousin, one of whom must have made this comment because other passengers heard it, and that's why the police took them off, should be barred from flying for life. Three more stupid people. In fact, after the comments of Mr Shah that it was only a joke. Well, I tell you what, Mr Shah, here's a joke for you. We're coming round to blow your house up today, OK? It's only a joke. It's only a joke. God, I tell you, some people drive you mad, doesn't it? Uh, Thanks to the dismal weather, says Jackie. And wasn't it just? We found ourselves in town Saturday and I suggested we visit the Wallace Collection, which I've wanted to see for ages. Stunning, most enjoyable... But so much to see, we were late for last orders for cakes. We shall definitely be going back. If you've never, have you been to the Wallace Collection, Gary? You should go. It's free, and I love anything free. The cakes are very good. But they've got the Laughing Cavalier. The Wallace Collection was built up by this family, and the house uh, was their London storeroom. You have never seen treasure like it. They've got everything. I mean, I, I, I can't even begin to describe the Wallace Collection. Go today. Check it's open. I think it should be. Park. And, and go and check it out. You can spend a good hour there, have a nice cup of tea, or go and find something, do whatever you want, but go and have a look at all these treasures. Pictures the size of this studio. Beautiful, beautiful things. Canalettos on the wall. Canal- you can go up and 
practically touch them. Well, you could, but, I mean, they don't encourage you to touch them. I mean, they've got everything there. They've got gallery after... Ga- yeah, don't... I get into trouble. I get into trouble. If ever I go out with a friend of mine, I go, oh, look at this. He said, don't touch it. I said, why? We went to the Norman Keep the other day at Headingham Castle. I was touching everything. I was touching stones that have probably been touched by William the Conqueror. Henry VIII might have done them. And anything, I'm just touching it. I'm thinking, this is history. I'm touching history. I like it. And I don't mind paying for the privilege. Because I tell you, if, if somebody had left me a house like that, I'd make, make full advantage of it. But just get rid of the food wagon down there. It was a pile of old rubbish. And if that piece of pork comes out today, I'm getting the hygiene people down straight away. 84850, uh Another one here. Uh, Dee says, had a bad fall, standing up one minute, and next lying like a tiny beached whale amongst an air cooler, an electric fire, and I couldn't get up. OK, now, just bruises and maybe a broken foot. Do you know, we talk... It's a bit psych, sort of psychosomatic, this. Because we were talking the other day, the older you get, when you fall down, by God, it hurts. You know when you're a kid, you can, you can roll down a hill, you can do anything, you can swing from a tree, fall off on the ground, you just go, oh, it hurts a little bit. When you're a bit older, by God, it hurts a lot more. really does. I've got... Oh, I can't believe it. This one's running till tomorrow. It's the How Low, and I know many of you. Dan wrote here, not, not my Dan, another Dan, saying how much he loves the, uh, the How Lows. The Samsung 50-inch plasma and the home cinema can be yours. It finishes tomorrow, this one, at 7pm. It's got a surround sound system. You can bring the cinema to the comfort of your living room. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 7pm. Text LBC. Followed by your bid in pence and send that to treble eight two one. So LBC, followed by your bid in pence and send it to treble eight two one. That bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at seven pm Tuesday the fourteenth. Bidders must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. It's good news, isn't it? So Pete's sitting in his truck now, happily toddling off to the market to set up. I hope the weather's good. We'll find out what the weather's going to be like in a in a moment. So if you fancy doing a market today. Go and see Uncle Pete. He'd be more than happy to sort of sell you. Only does ladies' clothes, I'm afraid. Well, for some of my audience, that shouldn't make any difference at all. But uh, good day yesterday. Very good day. Quarter to six is the time. It's Bank Holiday Monday. Mercifully, everything appears to be open today. And for that, we should be very, very grateful. Here with travel, it's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. If you're heading into Chislehurst, Centre Common Road. 14 minutes to six. It's Bank Holiday Monday. So glad the shops are open today. I've, I'll, I'm going to hang... Susan Spence will be in uh, with us very shortly this morning for the bank holiday. Daily Mirror today, uh, they've got a shocking catalogue of blunder. We tra- tend to dwell not on this programme on stories that are too depressing. We, we, we like a bit of a laugh. We like a little bit of a rant in the morning. And we like to get our teeth into certain things. But there's a shocking catalogue of blunders caused by NHS staff who are stretched to the limit, we are told. Overworked medics responsible for at least 2,200 errors last year, which either left patients dead, injured or in agony. Surgeons operated on the wrong people, wrong parts of the body, and doctors dissed out dangerous doses of drugs. Now, I have to say, I know, because I've heard stories before of people who have not had good experiences with the NHS. I have only had good experiences with the NHS. Absolutely. I thought the service was exemplary. I thought the ward was a little bit dirty under my bed. I did put a pair of jeans under my bed, and when I took them out, they were covered in dust. But apart from that, I thought the service was fantastic. I thought the, the operation I had was brilliant. Would have cost me thousands and thousands privately, but I got it on the NHS. I've, I've paid for years. And they've got a whole list of hospitals here inside the Daily Mirror. Uh, in the northeast, in the southeast, they've got... Um, let's see what we've got here in London. 
Mayday University Hospital in Croydon. Uh, a patient told his skin uh, lesion is benign, later finds out it was malignant. Blood samples from about 300 patients were given false positive results, wrongly diagnosing heart failure. Queen Mary's in Sidcup. A patient died unexpectedly three days after surgery in March, and in June, a swab left inside a patient's abdomen after a caesarean. I mean, the list goes on. There are lots and lots of hospitals here, including the uh, Northwest London Hospitals, the Royal Free in Hampstead, University College London, Lewisham Hospital. I would imagine you could probably go through every single hospital and find that something would have gone wrong at some point. It's just not physically possible to go through and not make mistakes. It's like doing a programme like this. At some point, although you'll never hear it, I'm bound to make a mistake. I've never heard one in my life. I don't think it's possible to actually make them in this day and age, but by the law of averages, you're going to make some sort of mistake. You're either going to say something that's inaccurate or you might have forgotten a particular bit of a story. The good thing is that the older I get and the cleverer I get at it, I'm so brilliant at covering it, even I'm amazed. Even, I mean, sometimes I go and I think, oh, blimey, that's absolutely, that was cracking, that one. It's like, I was hopeless at remembering catchphrases. I mean, I always wanted a catchphrase on this programme, and we tried desperately over the years to come up with a catchphrase, and eventually, thank goodness, we came up with one, which was picked up, and I'm, I'm very proud to say, picked up by the whole country. And everybody started, and a catchphrase that originated on this programme. And, and it, 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 it picked up off this programme. It then appeared on YouTube. And very shortly, I mean, I can go around the world and people are now using a catchphrase that, that originated on this programme in the early hours of the morning. And the catchphrase is Merry Christmas. And you watch, this year, come December, people will be rushing around, saying it to perfect strangers. Mer- they'll be walking in here and I go, that's my... We wish you a Merry Christmas. They wrote a song about my catchphrase. It's unbelievable. People in this building come in and I think, you don't know that years ago I started that catchphrase. It's, you know, I mean, there should be money coming back for this, shouldn't What if it was we should be getting royalties? What's it? Oh, so, yeah, thank you. What's that? The producer trying to mutter, we should be getting royalties. He said, casually slipping in the extra six penneth for himself. But the most famous catchphrase in the country is, of course, I don't need to tell, go on, which one do you think it is? Not good game, good game. No, it's, I don't believe, that's the one. That is, the, that is the most popular. The second one is, yeah, but, no, but, yeah, but, no, but, yeah, but, no, but. Vicky Pollard. The other one, lovely jubbly, which is uh, from David Jason and Only Fools and Horses. Uh, am I bothered? Catherine Tate, am I bothered? Uh, David Williams, I'm a lady. I've never heard anybody using that as a catchphrase. I mean, the producer started it while well, I said you can cut that out straight away because he started showing me. He's been going through the Freeman's catalogue and he's discovered the Paisley prints for summer. And I'm not having it, I'm telling you. If he wants to wear that at home, it's up to him. But I'm not having it in this studio. Uh, suits you, sir. That's Paul White. When have you ever used that? I've never used any of these catchphrases on the producer, and I've used a fair few in my time. I've never got, suits you, sir. I've never said that to him. Or, I'm a lady. I'm the only gay in the village, Daffod Thomas, in Little Britain. I don't think people use that. I'm the only, how many people do you know working on the markets? Go on, Pete, try that one today, down on the market. I'm the only gay on the market. See how long you last. Tommy Cooper was just like that. Just like that. Which, you know, is funny. People do that, don't they? People do use that one. They go, I don't, I mean, just like that. And people laugh. People laugh about it. I'm laughing, actually, at uh, Pet Pooch Bo arriving at the White House for his unveiling as America's first pet. He's quite cute. He's a Portuguese water dog. And, uh, 
and it's quite cute, but they've given him a very strange collar, which I can't comment on on the programme, because I don't know enough about things like that. I really don't. Oh, God, another dreary thing. Oh, God, I'll tell you. If I, if I read more about the, the best maniac, Hassan Shah, his brother Musa and cousin Amar, the dumbest 20-year-olds you've ever met in the country. I love this, uh, this poor bloke, Colin Bishop. Colin Bishop goes out the other day to the co-op in Hailing Island in Portsmouth and he wants to buy a bottle of Bacardi. They wouldn't sell it to him. Why wouldn't they sell it to him? He couldn't prove his age. He's 68. He's 68. He didn't have any ID with him. He said it was done in a boisterous way. The co-op said it had taken the correct action. He's 68, for God's sake. He wanted to buy a bottle of Bacardi. And the... I mean, you can understand that you get dumb people working on some tills. I mean, I accept that. I told you yesterday about the bored girl working at Halfords at Ivy Bridge Estate, just outside Twickenham, who, frankly, might as well have been picking her nose. But then the manager turned up and he looked as dumb as she did. There's no, you know, there's no pride. Whatever happened to sort of people going, come on, motivational. He looked like he hadn't had a good bath in weeks. I've never, you know, I don't know whether it's Halfords' company policy to have people who just look like the great unwashed. But the Ivy Bridge estate needs really careful looking at. It's, it was just appalling. The girl behind the till, you know, staring into the distance. So I felt like saying to her, you know, you're really not a good advert for Halfords. I tell you what, I'm the area manager. Why don't you bugger off now and we'll get somebody else in who really wants a job? You know, as opposed to you, just, I'm just taking the money, you know, just working on a till. Couldn't really care less. I thought you'd make any job. You could make it fun, couldn't you? Hello, how are you? God, you're ugly. You could say that to the customers, couldn't you? Anything you like. But they don't. This girl, bored as hell. I wish I'd found her name. Because I tell you, I'd have been doing it on the programme. I really would have been. Uh, Steve, uh, me and the family went to a Chinese restaurant on Saturday. They wanted to charge £5 food wastage because our son had left a lot of food on his uh, plate. But they waived the charge. It was our first time there. £45 for five. Eat as much as you like. So what's that? That's sort of just under a... £9 a head, £8 a head. They've got one round the corner here, £4.50. It looks really dull, I have to tell you. It's, you know, egg fried rice, sweet and sour chicken. Perhaps tourists do it. How they make their money is on the booze. They make their money on the drinks. They were charging £1.80 a Coke in this place yesterday. It was cheaper to have a pot of tea. And very nice it was, too. Um, Max says, listening to your in-conversation with a living god that is Rick Wakeman, do you even have any plans to bring him back? Um, I'm definitely... The Rick Wakeman interview is available on podcast. As far as I know, it is. It's on the... Um, yes, it must be. It went out uh, a few weeks back now. And, in fact, I think we're, we're all going to go to that. I think Chris and Sharon wanted to go and see Rick Wakeman up at Hampton Court Palace, so we'll find out details of that. Good, very chatty man. We like Rick Wakeman a lot. A lot. Johnny Brixton says, Memo to Mr Shah and his hilarious friends... Don't let the British public hear you're going to sue anyone for missing your wedding. Wouldn't that be entertaining if Special Branch turned your place over and then came to the conclusion it's best to shut your mouth in front of grown-ups? Stupid. Honestly, what an idiot. What a complete idiot. I see police have arrested two cousins of Leona Lewis for allegedly storming a drugs den and beating up three dealers to brutally rob them. Do you know, one of these days... I'm actually going to open up a paper and I'm not going to see black people and the word drugs in the same headline. Because it kind of gets a bit stupid after a while, doesn't it? These relatives were nicked after police raced to a flat following a series of 999 calls. They found one of her cousins hiding outside in a bush. Must have been some bush. 
and uh, and they've been in there. What is it with sort of young black people and drugs nowadays? And it just it's it's just stupid. We're constantly being told, oh, let's not have you know any more of this. Let's try and make things a lot different. Let's try and get guns off the streets, and we've still got exactly the same as we had to you before. Uh, another one here, eight for eight five zero. Steve at LBC. Uh, according to you, the thickness of some people, the remark the Muslim chap made about his chum being a terrorist, reminds me of one made by a colleague at a hotel in the late 70s. My two secretarial supervisors made an overnight stay at a hotel in Birmingham. Their names were Mrs O'Grady and Mrs O'Brien. At the check-in desk, they gave their surnames, and one of them added, the female arm of the IRA. It was meant and taken as a joke. Lucky for them in those days, people were not so sensitive. I think, frankly, with sort of, you know, Al-Qaeda and everything else, you know, it's it's just amazing, isn't it, that somebody could be that stupid. Geralda. Funny name that is. Uh, Steve, can you ask Susan Spence if there's any truth in the rumour that Kevin Webster is to have an affair with... Uh, I don't know. Molly. I don't know who Molly is. Is this the one who's, who's with Tyrone? Do you know, I have no idea who's in anything like that. Yeah, we don't even know which... So the producer has got no idea which soap you're talking about, which doesn't help. Yes, is Bouncer still in Neighbours? Do you know, there's a question I, sh- I should have asked. I should have asked. Actually, the good news is, there's a girl on the front page of The Sun this morning, Britain's fattest teen, um, heading for death, I'm afraid, at an early age of 15, where she weighed 33 stone. She's now lost 12 stone in seven months. Unfortunately, she's still obese... Uh, so it's good, but if you look at the pictures inside, it should look that different. <coughs> and they've gone, oh, it's fantastic. Uh, you've got to keep... Seven, it's taken her seven months. I don't think she's trying that hard. Last year, she says, I ate 12 Easter eggs. This year, I went for a walk. Well, big deal. What did the rest of us do? I mean, how stupid, honestly. Last year, I ate 12 Easter eggs. You wonder why you were fat. Where do you think it came from, love? Perhaps, perhaps not doing the exercise. Perhaps we can get that lardy family out there. Perhaps we could get them doing something. Because they won't go up and work, will they? Perhaps we'll have to do something. Perhaps we could just hold them down and, uh, and do something. Uh, 84850, uk. Somebody's got bad toothache. Oh, supper with that. Worst thing than toothache is um, backache. There's two things, isn't there? Toothache, backache, and by God, you suffer with them. Uh, Paul reckons Portuguese water dogs are a bit like our foxhounds, like working dogs, not domestic pets. Oh, this one's gorgeous. This one is just one big bundle of fluff. It's like working with my producer. It's very interesting. It's LBC. Oh, there you go, anyway. Nice to have company. All of a sudden, the computer was playing. It was one of, one of its funny turns. Didn't know where it was going to. Anyway, nice to have company. Welcome along to our number deux, if you're English. Our number two. Here on LBC 97.3. It's early breakfast. It's Bank Holiday Monday. Hope it's going to be a nice day. Susan Spencer's here. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We had the advice earlier on. The producer had saved this for Susan Spence. I don't know why. It's because you're going home to bed, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. This is an ideal day out. Here is the formula oh, for right. an ideal day out. The perfect day out with the kids. What time to leave, how far to go, what to eat and how much to spend have been calculated scientifically. 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 <laughs> You should leave home at 8.37 and travel no more than 52 miles. They say the ideal day trip will also uh, require around six and a half hours at the beach, theme park or zoo with the children, taking part in at least three different activities. The temperature 
should be a balmy 20 degrees. Uh, and a family of two adults and two children around the age of eight will also ensure the day is enjoyable. You should spend £5.50 on souvenirs. How they work this out, I've got no <laughs> idea. £5.50 on souvenirs, uh, such as a novelty pen, stick of rock, T-shirt, cuddly toy. You should return home precisely at 5 50 The total spend, uh, each for the children, including an ice cream, is £59 and 47 minutes for a snack break. That's that's how they've worked yeah. out the perfect day. It all sounds a bit clinical, yes. really, doesn't so it? Yes, so it's T plus J, D times G plus W, and 1 minus S. I have no idea what they're talking about on this. I mean, it really, quantum physics just it's goes like over my head. It's like algebra or something, isn't it? It's something just, like some that. Mad kind of, I would, at 8.37, is that not a bit early to leave to go out for a day? No, that's the uh, the algebraic term for, for leaving early in the morning. 8.37 is apparently the perfect time. So you get there just as the venue opens. Mm. You don't want to get there lunchtime. So in other words, if you were going to go down to the beach today, my advice is start making the sandwiches now. So my that advice you're all ready. is to take your fur coat. Take your fur coat. Who thinks it's going to be cold? <laughs> it's bo- we're going to be bolting, isn't it? I mean, the weather's been horrendous. I mean, it, it hasn't bothered me. I've been doing chores and all that kind of thing over the weekend. It's just been bad weather, hasn't it? Really? Well, well, what do you mean, really? Well, it's been okay. I mean, I never thought it was it was that it was, bad. It's been raining. Not Has this it? Them? No. Have you been hibernating? Yeah, well, I, I hope it rains today because some bird pooed on my car yesterday. And I'd had it washed, and it must have been a seagull, because, I mean, what this thing had been eating, I've got no idea. But, I mean, by the time I got to the car this morning, it had solidified, and I thought, I'm not having that taking the paint off. I was going to say that the bird poo's really bad for that, Very bad. It? It's got acid in, and yeah. it eats into paint. Yeah, so I was really out there with a, an old flannel soaked in hot water, and I've got it off the roof. Took some, took some going. Mm. Took some going, but took I don't like anything grease. like that. Oh, I, don't, I hate it. And somebody said to me, you know, you should get some, some tissue paper. I said, don't be a silly thing. It'd be miles away by now. I'll never catch up with it. <laughs> How would you find it? Eight four eight five zero Stevie Delby Seed at Code UK. Now, so I, had, so I had a question for you about Tyrone and Molly, and I've now f- probably forgotten the thing. Actually, um, is there any truth in the rumour that Kevin Webster is going to have an affair with Molly? Well, apparently so. Yes. Oh right. So not as far fetched, Chris, as you thought. Apparently so. Which yeah. I have to agree with, Chris. I think is so far fetched. Um, it's it's one of these ones. Kevin I mean, Webster. you know, Kevin Webster actually. He he was on last night, and he's actually, you know what, for his age, and he's been it for ages. Michael Lavelle is actually quite a good-looking boy. Ooh. How um, old is he? I'm not sure. Well, that, he must be in his late thirties, early forties. He must be in his early forties. Oh right, okay. Yeah, he must be. Well, he should be good-looking at that. Him age, and Sally yeah. Whitaker must now be in their early forties. Yeah, but he's quite a good-looking boy. He's kept himself. He's kept himself fit. Um, and I was thinking that last night. I thought, yeah, actually, I could... Well, I can't really see him and Molly having an affair, because she... Well, apart from the fact she's so annoying. Is that Fizz? No, no, no. no. Molly's the one that's married to... The, her father was the butcher, and she works in the corner shop with Dev. Oh, I don't know. She's that. very annoying. Oh, is she? I'd, I'd, I'd quite like it, actually, if she were to have an affair with Kevin, the <sighs> affair were to go pear-shaped, and then she was booted <laughs> off the street, and that would be it. Right. That would be good, and then we'd be rid of You'd her. You'd be happy? Yeah, I would be, yeah. Right, I, I don't go. really think she brings much to it. She no. used to be in Emmerdale. Oh, did she? She was in Emmerdale years ago. Well, yeah. she'd stop moving them around. I hate it when they move them around, from Emmerdale to this and to that. Mm. Drives me mad, Yeah, I'm actually. not keen on her. Not keen on her. A lot of people talk about still last Friday's episode of EastEnders. Well, yes, I mean, it caused uh, um, a huge furore. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, I mean, like I said to you, I've had so many emails, and still, still 
emails coming in talking about it, saying, do you think anything's going to happen? But there's nothing that can happen with it now. I have to say, Friday's just gone there. Um, I was just kind of added insult to injury for me because I would have preferred them to have gotten rid of Archie rather than Danielle. But the (laughs) Phil was... Phil, did you see Friday's? Didn't know. It was actually quite good because um, Peggy disowned him. Peggy really? absolutely doesn't because she took she got as, <laughs> asked him to kill yeah. um, Archie and he kind of really tormented him and, and mentally tortured him but then said to him right you know that's it you know you've got such a sad life now no matter what money you've got nobody wants to know you you'll die a sadly sad a lonely old man you know never come back to Walford so of course he let him go went back to the Vic. Peggy's got a big meal all ready for him, you know, and he said, you, know, must, you must be hungry after killing him. And, of course, it turned out it didn't kill him at all. She, he tells her, and she goes absolutely ballistic and brings up all his childhood about how he was a wimp then and Grant, Grant would never have let her down. And uh, she really went to town on the poor guy and chucked him out. So, of course, this week it's all about him because, you know, he's an alcoholic. Yeah. He turns to drink. What so, surprise. Yeah, so, yeah, that was some... But I wish they'd gotten... But Archie's coming back. He goes off for a couple of months, but he comes back. I just wish they'd got rid of him and kept Danielle. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. Minty can go as well. Yes, Minty can go. Yeah. Although they've got him a girlfriend, so if that... I just, I've, I've lost interest up. in the character. I've just thought it just... It just doesn't do it for me. Do you know who doesn't do it for me anymore and who I had high hopes for? Oh. And up until recently... Is it male? No, female. Oh, okay. That I was thinking um, now is, I, I don't know what they're doing with her, is Janine. Yeah. She's like this one wo- one bad woman crusade. It's like she's having, she's all bad on her own, and mm. every now and again it affects people. The but novelty's worn really, off very quickly this time. I think a little bit, actually, it has. Yeah. Who's the other one as well? I can't think, there was a couple, somebody else in there I kept thinking. You've, I mean, Ian Beale, you've got to keep oh, in forever. Yes, yes. For the simple reason that he's so good at, he never... I've never seen him going to the papers and selling any stories about his storylines. He just gets on with it. He does the job. He does it very well. And he'll endure. A bit like me, really. But I think he knows. I think yeah. he knows really how lucky he is to be in a, in a long-standing... Yeah. So, you um, can't lose him. Because, because whenever he gets sort of picked on by people, he's, he takes umbrage with them. But he's never quite strong enough to do anything. And you just warm to him. You can't help it. And you think, you're always going to be there. But he is a nasty piece of work. His character is. He's mean, mean, mean. Well, I don't mind him being mean. But I think also they got it right with Jane, his wife. She's very good, I think. Because at one time, do you remember we thought she looked a bit too old to be going out with him? Yeah, we thought it was... Because she's quite big, as in... Not big as in, you know, she's quite big bone. She's quite a big woman, Mm. quite tall. And he, of course, is like a little weed, isn't he, really, in comparison? And so they look a bit strange together. But it does work very well. Um, But it's nice to see, you know, the Brannings and her kind of getting back together although it was interesting the way they did it whereas after all the fighting in the court that poor Max has been left out in a limb now that all his family are back together and he's been ostracised a little bit oh thank you he always comes in and smiles he walks through the door and he doesn't smile he gets halfway around this desk and something happens is there something on the corner of the desk that makes is there a nude picture of me or something why does he get around the corner and <laughs> smile <laughs> because he, he gets a, he did the you. same the other day he gets as far as that screen there and he he smiles for no reason. You're odd, you are. Oh, bless <laughs> Not normal. He di- and he's just done it a minute ago. This is the I producer. I've just Mad. remembered. Now, this, remember I said to you, I brought you a present back from Scotland. Ages yes. ago. I've been back for a couple of weeks. And I kept is it on bre- dead? I kept, no, 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 no. I kept no. on forgetting to give it to you. Oh. Um, and um, we had spoken about these. Do you know what this is? I can't see it. No, it's a biscuit. No, well, no. Do you remember we were talking about Lucky Tatties? Oh, yeah. 
This is a lucky tatty, apparently. I found them in this really? shop in Scotland. Yes. Show. Um, there are oh, actually two, so you can give one to Gary. I brought one in for Amanda. Good joke, he's, he's mad Gary as a march here. Gary will test So it. what is it? Well, do you know, I'm not actually quite sure. <laughs> so we can Is it edible? Of course it's edible, yes, yes, I got it in a sweetie shop. Lucky yes. Tatties. Remember, I'm sure we, we, we yeah. were talking about them, but I don't really know what it is. I personally can't have one because you know what happened to me last night? It was, I had a traumatic situation last night. What? I was eating my dinner, yes? Yeah. Next minute I chewed and I thought, what in God's name is that? Half my tooth had fallen out. No, don't. Never in my I life bridge has that fall happened out. before. I was like, Ugh. do you know, and I was such a, I was screaming. I was like, ah, my tooth had fallen out. Oh, that's horrid. <laughs> so I'm going to have to try and sort something out tomorrow when they open. <laughs> It's really hard, isn't it? Unbelievably hard. You might have to take a hammer to yeah. it. Do, do we know what it's made kind of, of? Well, not really. I think it's kind of like a... It's kind of cinnamony, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, basically, for everybody at home, it, it looks like a potato that's just been pulled out of the ground. Um, and it's covered in sort of like a cinnamon dusting, and it looks like coconut inside, is it? Not. What does it taste like? Nothing? I think it's mint. Is it mint? I think mint, it's mint and cinnamon. Is it cinnamon? I think is that it's dusting cinna- cinnamon? I don't know. It's quite strong. Is it? I could smell them actually from the bag. I think it's mint. But that's what they are. It's difficult to or peppermint or mm. something like that. It looks like a potato that's just been pulled out the ground mm. with some earth on yeah. it. Like a new potato, really. Uh, yeah, perhaps that's why it's got. Yeah. yeah. Quite, it's an acquired taste. I remember I saw them. I thought, oh, I must remember mm. and get, one, get them for you. But of course, I've left them at home. So. We also managed to bite into this. We had trouble when we came in this morning. We couldn't open the bag of coffee. Oh, the cough machine. Two of us struggling with it. So he has a go. How many LBC people does it take to open a bag of coffee? Well, in the end, it took the combined efforts of him by himself. But we did have a try. And I don't know if you've ever tried to open bags of sealed coffee. So, of course, I'm... <coughs> okay. I'm laughing, thinking, oh, pff, you know, this will be easy peasy. I've done these things before. So he said, go on, then you have a go. So I had a go. I couldn't open it either. So we gave up. In the end, we kind of left it. And he's, he's just he's just told me now he's, he's actually managed to get it open. Oh, how did you Because what you need to do is, I think you need to break the hematic seal, don't you? You need to stick something in. And well, once, once you break the, the sharp edge of your key, and then all of a sudden, you go, and then you yeah, can, then you can it, open it. So this is actually quite strong. Is it? Very strong. Oh, very it's made my eyes water. Very strong in cinnamon or mint? Oh, it has as well. Uh, I think I've killed you. It's, <laughs> it's, it is very strong. <laughs> you don't have to eat it. I don't know what it is, actually. I can't quite put... If anybody knows... What's this called again? A lucky tatty. A lucky tatty. So it's from Scotland. If anybody knows what it is or what's in it, do tell me. I think it's Celtic. They probably go. Of course, you know you're not supposed to eat it. It's medicinal. You You rub it on. No, no, no. (laughs) I I, I bought it in a in a in a traditional sweet shop. It it tastes like an embrocation. Mm. (laughs) I was very excited when I saw them. I'm not surprised. Listen, we have to take a short break. And uh, Hugh Broom, no, he won't know what it is. Just does farming, doesn't he? He Won't know anything like sweeties or stuff like that. So it's uh, 15 minutes past six. Here is Hugh Broom with the travel. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, If you're heading into Chislehurst, there's been a serious accident. Steve Allen. Although, so I was, I was, I was, I was off with the pixies momentarily because <laughs> I'm eating this thing and I can't work out what's in it. I wish I could work out what it is. Has Gary tasted it yet? Have Not you tasted it yet? He's going to do it now, isn't he? It it tastes almost medicinal. Is it like a like a like an aniseed or a mint or a cinnamon? I don't know. He'll have to eat it and tell me. I mean, because it's white, I'm thinking it's a mint kind of thing. It's 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 a bit. Do you know what it tastes like? It tastes like. Um, Aniseed balls, t- kind of thing, sort of. What, what is it, Gary? What do you th- like? A non-minty Kendall mil- mint cake. Oh, like a Kendall mint cake, right? Oh, right. That sort of texture. It's interesting. It's strange, isn't it? Can't quite put your finger on it. Play your cards right. We'll let you. <laughs> uh, Susan, <laughs> Molly is the daughter 
of the of the baker. Yeah, the, that's Ashley right. is the, the butcher, butcher's yeah. son. Yeah. Son and Karen in Cardiff says the shops are working. I feel quite woozy with that. Is there alcohol in it? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Feeling decidedly peculiar. Oh no. Uh, another one. Lenny Bennett died, of course, uh, over the weekend. Friday. Did he? I didn't yes. hear that. Seventy. Oh really? Was Seventy was. Johnny of Brixton says, can you ask Susan if being a minority actor in EastEnders means you're going to be patronised and how many writers are involved? Why would you think that being a minority means that you're going to be patronised if you're a minority actor? I don't, because he's black, I suppose. All right, no. Do, do we have anybody being patronised at the moment? Johnny, mm, explain further. No, I was going to say, yeah, I think you need to. The only storyline that happened um, on Friday was the climax of the one that had Edward Woodward, who basically was the ma- one who was responsible for starting a fire that killed Patrick's um, fiancée. All right. Um, but no, I don't think there's anything... I, there's one thing. I don't think nowadays you get anything patronising in terms of minority actors. So, yeah, I think maybe needs to say... And what was the other question? How many people are in it? <coughs> how, many, how many writers? How many writers? Well, do you know, I don't know. There's only one person I know who's a, a writer um, at EastEnders. But if you... You generally get an idea when you... When they, when they do the doofs you'll notice that you'll start to recognise, if you take note, you'll start to recognise the, the writers' names because it's the first thing that comes up, written by. And quite often, you'll, especially Coronation Street as well, they've got a, a normal set, of, a regular set of writers. And Sally Whitaker's husband, um, you know, Sally Whitaker, who plays Sally Webster, her husband writes for Emmerdale. It's right. quite interesting. Right. Lucky Tatties. This will bring back memories, it says. These are minty fondant covered in cinnamon. Now, you might ask what the lucky bit is. Well, it used to be that you got a small toy in the centre of the tatty. Not anymore. Can't have you choking now, can we, it says here. Um, well, it's made my eyes water, whatever it is. It I really think it's has. the dust. Are you sure maybe not, you've not got a bit of dust? You've rubbed your eye after picking that up. Oh, I don't have a thing And you've got that. a bit of dust in your eye. The cinnamon's quite, quite strong, isn't it? But it's... <laughs> so the, I don't know what to say about it. I'm not bringing one of them back again. <laughs> Lucky Tatty. Well, th- th- this actually, th- th- there's a shop we have discovered here called Jenny Jenny's Boilings. And uh, Jenny had a, a shop in Edinburgh, Morrison Street. Oh. Uh, uh-huh. uh, 1960 on holiday. Happened to get talking to two men, as you do, mm-hmm. uh, who worked in a sweet factory around the corner called McKay's. Pat and Walter were the two men, and they teased Jenny that her tablet was rubbish. So Jenny called their bluff, told them if they were so damn good, come round to her back shop and prove they were as good as they said. True to uh, form, they turned up and started making sweeties for her. And in 1961, Jenny's Sweeties Factory uh, was started. Since then, the quality of the boiled sweets has never been surpassed, and you won't find better. Pat still works today part-time, and Walter's daughter Sandra runs it with the same love as her father and Pat have for the last 40 years. So this is in Edinburgh? In Edinburgh. I'm Jenny's, actually going to Edinburgh in a couple of weeks' time. Jenny's Boilings. And she does this thing called Scottish Tablet. Oh, Scottish Tablet's lovely. It's vanilla butter tablet. Yes. Sounds lovely. Maybe when I'm in Edinburgh, I'll bring you back some of that. That might yeah, be Yeah, can you bring some tablet back next yeah, time? Yeah, that might it's be It's sugar, condensed milk, butter and yeah. vanilla essence. We, Sounds super. Yeah, I've actually got some... I actually did bring some back, but I, d- <laughs> I gave you that instead. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Next time, can we have the other stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be rude and ungrateful, but this is quite strong. But that's just because we spoke about them. Yeah. How funny, isn't it, that you see these things like that? I like that. Somebody else got another question about, um, I think, uh, coronations for EastEnders. Um, oh, Paul says, um, uh, Molly was the baker's daughter, Ashley. Yeah, was that's, right. that's uh, Digger- right. Diggory yeah. Compton was her dad. He was the baker, and he never took off, and they never even, they didn't even bring him back for her wedding. 
really? to Tyrone. They didn't bother bringing him back because he wasn't it's particularly... Not worth it, is nah. it? And uh, Paul says you were quite right about Deal or No Deal. Deal or No Deal was on last week, and I don't know if you saw it. No. But there was a very good-looking boy on there called Ollie. And quite clearly, either the cameraman or the producer fancied him gutless. <laughs> because every other shot of this boy, who wasn't the star of the show, he wasn't oh, the one playing see, the game, right. was of this boy. And I was on the phone to a friend, I said, he's got another shot. He must have got 40 shots in a programme. Now that, to me, smacks of either the cameraman fancies him. Uh, or fell in that the, the, the producer's got a thing for him. Because I couldn't understand why. There was loads of other people there who didn't get any shots at all. <laughs> and Paul noticed it as well. He says they may have to rename the show. <laughs> I do like it, actually. He says uh, he's having a duvet time today. He said, I'm not getting up because I'm 50 today. Won't be long before you, you catch up, Steve, he says. It is true, actually, at 38, I'm catching up fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> Not, as the case may be. Traditional Scottish handmade tablet. That's delicious. Like that. <laughs> it is delicious, actually. Uh, another one here, um, which is... Uh, somebody saying, have we got any more surprises coming up in EastEnders? There's nothing uh, big around the corner. There's nothing major around the corner. I mean, this week we've got Danielle's funeral and... Um, it's all funerals, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Stacey admits to her that she knew that she was um, Danielle's mum. Um, right. I said to you the bit about how Shirley um, recognises that Phil's back on the drink. Um, so this week, nothing particularly major. Uh, nothing on the horizon that I can that mm. I can recall. I have to admit, though, I've got the next couple of weeks' storylines, but I haven't read them yet. Um, right. I've been, been a bit busy. In fact, this afternoon, my job is to write the storylines for the um, for the up soap updates right. so that anybody looking for them thinking where are they they will be up later who this would afternoon. you bring back to EastEnders because I was thinking the other day I do miss Arthur I'd like do to see Ar- yeah I'd like to see Arthur back in it oh, he, no. he, he, he died though didn't he yeah he died in the soap yeah I wish yeah. they'd bring him back I liked him really yeah. I'm just trying to think now that you're seeing that who who I would bring back in well, I love Lou, Lou Beale what a poor lead I'm trying to think really who and that other family, which we like, you know, when they got rid of the mother and the uh, J- Joe, Joe Swash's mum in it. Oh, yeah. Do you know, I saw a picture of um, his sister, actually. It was, at, it was at Wendy Richard's funeral. I yeah. think it was Wendy Richard's funeral. Um, of course, she's changed. Yeah, Cara Toynton. No, 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 no. That's, oh, that's, no, Cara that's Toynton. Cara Toynton. In fact, do you know what? I think the script writers have been listening to us because the Cara, um, not, um, Cara Toynton and... Um, Gary Hobbs, so I yep. can't remember the guy that plays Gary Hobbs. Um, they're being they're being written out. Are they? Um, nice people, um, but, but. I, I just think they haven't had the storylines, and it's going absolutely nowhere. I mean, either put mm. them together or don't put them together. And then, of course, they did put them together, and you were like thinking, "Oh, that doesn't work." But I just I felt felt a bit sorry because Ricky Hobbs, that's it, who plays Gary. Ricky, no, can't be Ricky Hobbs. He's Gary Hobbs. Ricky, can't remember his second name. somebody. Ricky Groves. Ricky Groves. Who plays Gary Hobbs. Right. I felt a bit sorry for him because I think he's a really good actor. Mm. But yet, why why get rid of him but keep Minty? I, I don't quite get that. Pat, well, you don't know what other letters they get in from people going, oh, we love Minty's character, and you think, no, not really. It's, it's, a, it's like I never understood the bloke in Coronation Street, you know, um, Reg. Red Holdsworth. I just thought that was the stupidest yeah, character it was, ever. Yeah, was awful, it was, you know, it? We're just playing. It's like Eric Pollard started playing for laughs in Emmerdale. I'm thinking, no, 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 we're, we're moving off at a tangent here. Let's come back to reality. It's what people like about them, because they are believable. Yeah, and they did, they did bring him back, because now his wife is the one who does all the laughs, and that it's not him. But, yeah, um, Reg Holdsworth was a bit of a funny one. But Cara Toynton, I feel a bit sorry for her as well, because I think both of them are good actresses. Mm. 
But it's just like, they don't seem to know what to do with these people. I don't know whether but should they have to got... do anything? Because you don't have to have a storyline running for Ian Beale all the time, and yet we know he's there. It's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a comforter. I think you've got to have... I've said before, it's like a radio station. You have certain people who'll be there as the hardcore, and then you have other people who fit in around and who are interchangeable. And the same happens with it with a major soap like EastEnders. You've got hardcore characters like, like Barbara and like Ian and people like that, and then everybody else can flit in around them. But you see... You know, I, I understand what you're saying, but if you take people like the the, fam- the Branning family, mm. I mean, they have just been so successful. Yeah. And they came in, I think they came in after um, Don Swan. No, 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 did they? can't remember. No. Yeah, they did come in after after Don. And they have just taken the whole... I mean, they, 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 are, they are now kind of EastEnders. Them and the Mitchells are now EastEnders. Yeah. So you wonder how, whether it's the storylines or whether it's just the acting. I don't know. Um, but Difficult I thought Ka- I thought I thought um, Cara Toynton is quite a good actress. Actually, I was surprised when they said that she was going to go, but they never really did. And I mean, you know, they gave her that guy that she ended up marrying, which well, she was about to marry, because he died on her wedding day. And you just think, <laughs> yeah, but you they know write what? that. It's not like it really happens. It's it's yeah, but I know. But why make her into such a tragic character? It's like Ronnie Mitchell. They're turning her into into a, a tragic character. But, you know, there's maybe something about Samantha Janice who can carry that off and make that believable. Yeah. So maybe it is the calibre of the actor or actress. I just wish that most of the actors in EastEnders and in mainly EastEnders would stop appearing between the pages of the blooming newspapers. Get on with your job, because the more interviews you do with papers, the more it will kill your career stone dead, I'm afraid. I haven't seen any of them in the newspapers for a while doing anything Well, I think they've had a clampdown. I think they've been told, listen, we don't want to read any more of these stories, you know, sort of actors and actors, well, mainly actresses sort of starting to appear in very little between the pages of the papers going, oh, yes, I'm really looking, my part's very raunchy and this kind of thing. I don't want to hear that kind of stuff. Mm. Detra- you don't see Judy Dench appearing in the pages going, oh, I tell you. Well, they only do that kind of thing is because they've got, I think they've got the British Soap Awards coming up very, very soon. Yeah. So that'll be one of the reasons why they're doing a lot of interviews. Okay, take a short break. More from Susan Spence, the other side of the news. Wayne Rooney, incidentally, hit by the credit crunch. He's down a million. My heart bleeds. This is LBC 90... Morning, everybody. Bank holiday Monday. The sun eventually will creep up over Leicester Square. You know, it's a slow process here. You look out the window. It starts off pitch dark, and now it's gradually got a little bit lighter. The pigeons are slowly waking up. Some of them not. We'll have the horse racing in a moment. Before that, with all the sporting headlines, it's Phil Blacker. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Good morning. Fulham have moved up to eighth place in the Premier League and within a point of West Ham after a 3-1 win at Manchester City yesterday. Two goals from Clint Dempsey and one from former City player Dixon Atuhu. I mean, European qualification is now a real possibility for Roy Hodgson's side, but the manager is refusing to set that as a target. Let's get as many points as we can. Let's cement our position in the middle to the top half of the table and then we'll see where we actually end up and if it happens to be seventh and they they say to us you're in your way for next year we'll say well thank you very much Aston Villa and Everton have conceded defeat in the race to beat Arsenal to a top-four finish in a place in next season's Champions League. The two sides drew three all at Villa Park yesterday, leaving the home side fifth and Everton sixth. Villa manager Martin O'Neill says the eight-point gap to the Gunners is now too much. I wouldn't disagree now, unfortunately. One of the two of us had to win to keep going, you know? So it's a result that um, that uh, would definitely suit Arsenal. 
There's a full bank holiday fixture list in the Football League today. Bottom club Charlton's relegation from the Championship could be confirmed if they lose at Coventry. Angel Cabrera is the new Masters golf champion after a dramatic victory at Augusta last night. The Argentinian beat Kenny Perry and Chad Campbell at the second extra hole of a playoff to take his second major title after the US Open of 2007. After more than a year without a top five finish anywhere. American Perry was leading by two shots going into the last two holes but bogeyed both to blow the lead. He's trying to keep things in perspective. If this worst thing happens to me, I can live with it. I really can. Great players get it done, and Angel got it done. This is his second major he won. I've blown two, but that's only two I've had chances of winning. You know what? I know I can do it now because it, it was fun. I was actually having fun in the moment out there. Harlequins have narrowly missed out on a place in the semi-finals of Rugby's European Cup. They were edged out 6-5 by Irish team Leinster at the Stoop. You now face Holders Munster in the last four. And there are seven race meetings this bank holiday Monday. Jump events take place at Chepstow, Fakenham, Huntingdon and Plumpton. And the flat cards are at Redcar, Warwick and Yarmouth. And we've got Steve Allen's racing tip next. Oh, there you are. I'm just looking at sweeties, I'm afraid. Have you ever heard of coated dates? Coated dates? Coated no, dates. I have. They sound delicious. Coated Australian gingers. This is from the same company that did this thing. Uh, coated marzipan and marzipan cherry slice, marzipan and walnut. They've got loads of stuff in here. I quite like this. I'm, I'm going for this in a big way. And they do, they do um, sugar mice. Oh, I don't like your sugar mice. Did you never like sugar mice? No, no. Do you not like sugar mice? Mm, You're not a sweetie not boy? Overly. I am. Yeah. But, uh... What sort of sweeties would, would, would you go for normally? Um, the sort of the wine gum type. Well, yeah, I like the wine, wine gums. Yeah. Oh, in fact, my favourite is a fruit pastel. Yeah, oh, I love a fruit, fruit pastel, pastel yeah, as well. Yeah, actually, I yeah, love a fruit yeah. but why are they so small? Why don't they make them bigger? Oh, Hello, know. my face in the right way again. How <laughs> <laughs> did go quiet just when well, I mentioned? Sure. You know, they're, not, they're a good size. You don't need them any bigger. Well, I can I can get three or four in my mouth. <laughs> sure, you can. Then can you put <laughs> them in your mouth without chewing? Uh, do, do you know, uh, you used to say, what was that sweet? That you, can you put them in your mouth? About, you can't that... put a round tree's fruit pasta in your mouth without chewing. Really? Yeah. You know why? Because it gets, gets your, your whatever it is going in your mouth, doesn't well, it? Well, it just is better. See, it's look, a better taste if you chew. Yeah, the Ferrero Rocher, Gary's just reminded me, that bloke put eight in his mouth. But oh. he couldn't get eight in his mouth, could he? I think he only got, he could only do four. Only did four, didn't he? Yeah. Four. Yeah. And I, and I thought, was it Ant McPartland who could do five? <laughs> That's a surprise. Anyway, with seven race meetings. Why would you want to eat seven Ferrero Rochers or any Ferrero Rocher? That's like putting eight golf balls or, you know, ping pong balls in your mouth. What were those? I've just, you've just reminded me of golf balls. I remember seeing golf balls. Were they bubble gum? Bubble gum, yes. yes. And it's yeah. like a golf ball and you Spearmint. put it in your mouth and, then it, and the, the outer yeah. coating cracked. They were nice like them. They were hollow inside. Were they? Yeah, they were mint flavour. We yeah. used to have huge... Um, Oh, what are they called? Like, like, like balls, but you, you s- stop it. You sucked them, and and it had. And if you cut it in half, aniseed ball. Oh yeah, I didn't like those. Did you not like those? No. But they had different. It went. You went through all the layers, didn't you? I don't remember them. I can't tell you about my uh, my godson Nathan's dream the other night. It still haunts us to this day. But anyway, seven race meetings. <laughs> might tell you privately. Hundreds of horses to pick from. Mr. Blacker has come up with here. He's got a bigger email to read at the moment. His last winner was the 23rd of March. My last winner? Yeah. Really? Pull your finger out, boy. I know. So we're off to Plumpton. The 234 Tobago Bay win only. That's what Alexander's picked. And you? Okay, I'm taking a bit of a gamble today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Red car 420. Horse that's never run before. Uh, Warped (laughs) sense of (laughs) humour. It's never run before. Right. What is it? Apparently not. Is it a goat or something? It could be anything. We'll find out. Right, warped sense of humour. 
Alexander so, so there's no form show. to go with. There's, there's nothing just on this one. a bit of a gamble that it might do quite well. Just, are you working on the assumption that on, on, the, on the national it was 100 to 1 outside <laughs> and this could be your saving yeah, grace? Yeah. I need something like that to uh, get me back in profit. All right. So that's the one he's going for, Alex. I wouldn't, I wouldn't break the bank on this one, but <laughs> it's, it's worth going for. Phil, thank you. Thank you very much. Phil is with you today. You see, stalwart, bank holiday Monday. Exactly. Committed. Bank Have you done your boxing yet? Not yet. July. Oh, July. July now, yeah. It keeps it changing April. the date of this. It, it was going to be June, but it's, it's been put back to oh, okay. uh, only by a couple of weeks. But Right. Are you, are you, are you at fighting weight? Not yet, no. No, I was going to say. How, <laughs> how far are you off it? I start training properly, a full training camp in a couple of weeks. Right. Which will give me sort of two, two and a bit months until the fight. And how much do you have to lose? I have to put some on. Oh, you put it on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're lucky you, devil. You've got to put it on, but tone it up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. you, exactly. You, you sort of, you build muscle. Mm. So you can't just, like, eat Bulk burger up. and chips or something like that and just No, that, that's what I've been doing all last week, because it's the last time that I can. Yeah. So now oh. it's payback time. <laughs> exactly. And right here is where it starts. <laughs> it's a bit like doing fame, I'm afraid. It's Good gonna, luck. What was that thing? It's right here, it's going to hurt or something yeah, like that. fame. I think fame costs them right here is where you start paying. Yeah, that's <laughs> and then they all jump outside and jump on somebody's car. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm. They're bringing that back. There's going to be a remake of fame, yeah. I'm well, looking forward to that. Afraid. Me and Phil, I mean, we'll just sit in the corner with a bottle of wine and a pint. <laughs> Phil, thank you very much. Thank you. Phil will pop up a little bit later on because Andrew Pierce is here with breakfast from seven this morning. Um, very quickly, don't forget we've got a how low running today. Run, run today finishes tomorrow. Finishes tomorrow for the Samsung 50-inch plasma and the home cinema is very nice brilliant home cinema surround system all the top features hd ready it's got all the singing all dancing stuff and digital built in lowest unique bid will win lowest bid in pence that no pardon me nobody else <laughs> i'm indigestion with this blooming thing now <laughs> the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes why it's funny get your bids in by 7 p.m tomorrow uh text lbc followed by your bid in pence and send that to treble eight two one LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. The bid will cost one fifty plus the standard network rate. Lines close at seven pm Tuesday, the fourteenth of April. Must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Lovely Noreen uh, went to see the Dancing on Ice the other day. It was brilliant. The top two, we all had to vote for one routine. Ray Quinn and Jessica Taylor. They did Bolero. Ray won T, and D did Bolero. Uh, only the drawback was the guest judge. She said, I wanted uh, LBC presenter Steve Allen Clydeville or Jim Davis. She said, I could have even hissed and booed Fatboy Holmes or Vanessa Feltz. But who did they get? Voice coach to the stars, Zoe Tyler. God, <laughs> blimey. Scraped that barrel, didn't we? <gasps> Zoe Tyler, who doesn't pop up on Loose Women anymore. I think they've obviously decided to change her for Leslie Garrett. Wasn't she, was she the one who used to be on The Joseph with... Um... Mm. Andrew Lloyd Webber and Graham Norton. She used to be a, a, coach, start... a, a judge on that, didn't yeah, she? And then why they do they start her? putting people on, you know, things like loose women, and you know, and they canvass their opinions? I've got no idea. Dreary in the extreme. Dreary in the extreme. So she was one of the judges, Norton. I'm so sorry. I was asked last year to be a judge on that, and I turned it down. This year, I noticed James Max opted for it straight away. He's climbing that ladder to stardom, isn't he? <laughs> he really he's just heading up there, which is good. Andrew Pierce is in for Nick Ferrari on breakfast from seven. As pressure grows on the government to ban extremist groups in the UK, should we go down this road? Where do we stop? Uh, the director of Unlock Democracy, Peter Facey, will be discussing how we can clean up politics. Esther Ranson joins Andrew to talk about the joys of life after 60. I think just about after 70, isn't it, Esther? I don't know about after 60. Isn't Esther after 70? Isn't it? I thought she was a bit... 
Is she? I thought she well, was she's 68. 68 or something. I think she's right. 68. And uh, Travel Clinic presenter Simon Calder will be in the studio between 7 and 8 to look through the papers and talk through your concerns about the situation in Bangkok. Exactly. Explain to me where my flowering bush is at the moment, and the answer is, it's at Bangkok Airport. So it's going nowhere. No, it's not going anywhere Not fast. going anywhere at the moment. They, they sent me an email the other day. Uh, Derek Rupp did, saying uh, it's on its way, but there's kind of a slight problem at the moment with the unrest. But never mind. Uh, Jackie Budden, I think it's Jackie Budden, isn't it, has apparently urged uh, Jack Tweed, who's heartbroken, to move on with his life. Unfortunately, that's exactly what he has been doing, Jackie. He's been out for about five meals, he's been out with his mates to the pub, he's been to a theme park, and, uh, and he's writing his autobiography. <laughs> I was reading in yesterday's Sundays that, because um, you, you know how you get sentenced this mm. week, that apparently Jade has written a letter for him to be opened up after the, the verdict, whether yeah. he gets banged up or not. I'm hoping it's just going to say, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll never know. And um, apparently she is freely admitted now. This is uh, Danielle Bucks who is famous for going out with Gary Lineker. She's on the Hell's Kitchen. I couldn't believe that, that she's on Hell's yeah. Kitchen. Well, apparently, I mean, she has no qualifications in cooking. She's admitted she can't cook. So, in other words, she's a fraud as well. But do, do you have to have... To, well, you're supposed to have some interest in it. She's quite clearly done it to further whatever tawdry career she thinks she's got. I just... That's, that is a classic example of somebody being given some kind of part in a show mm. or, or whatever because of who they're with. Yes. I mean, well, if Grant she went Bovey's with... there. Grant yeah. Bovey, famous because he's um, collapsed a number of companies. Oh, and, oh, sorry, he's married to Anthea Turner. That's the link. But this is what I mean. It's just like it's madness, isn't it, really? There's, you're not there because of talent. No. I've always said, you want fame, it's fame by association. So Danielle Bucks, a woman who's got no claim to fame whatsoever, apart from that, she's put her marriage on hold to um, Gary Lineker so she can do this TV programme. Is she? Yeah. Like, we give us stuff, Danielle. Sorry, love, but, you know, who are you? Who are you? Answer, nobody. You're nobody. You're just some girl who's ended up with Gary Lineker, but he's obviously prepared to put up with it. And so, oh, yeah, I want to see you on the television. So she, she's threatened to uh, sex it up. In other words, we know which tacky route we're going down with her. But, you see, whenever somebody says that, it's like when you get somebody who's going into Big Brother or, or into the jungle mm. and they say they're going to do that, chances are you can bet your, your last penny that they're not going to. Well, Grant, Grant Bovey and Anthea Turner have said they're actually going to put a bit of sex into it. I thought, not if you don't want to be, see the whole nation being sick, Not I'm if afraid. you were going to see everybody, whatever you cook, everybody throwing it up afterwards. Yeah. Well, she's already been told, I think, by... Because uh, <laughs> I was talking to my driver this morning, he's been ferrying people backwards and forwards uh, from it um, because they were filming last night. So Anthea's in this as well as Grant? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, they're both in. Well, they must really need the pennies, eh? Well, I mean, you never believe a word she says. I mean, I, I wouldn't trust her as far as I go. I never liked her. I always thought she was the least genuine person on television. I thought she was plastic. She was I, plastic. I and saw it was just... yesterday she was <laughs> saying that she now has to work, has to shop in Primark and Matalan. Like, she could walk, buy one, get one free. Oh, with Grant and her, you could you buy one, get the other one yeah. for free. Maybe that's the, Maybe that was the deal. Isn't that terrible? I mean, £100,000. I mean, it makes me feel physically ill that there's people in this country. I mean, I couldn't give a stuff about how much normally they, they pay to people, but frankly, somebody who is loathed by the country almost universally, apart from Richard and Judy, who seem to like them, mm. and that's about it. Nobody likes her. You ask anybody. Ask anybody. It's so interesting now to ask people what they think of people. People are far more forthright with their views. You ask anybody, Jade Goody, and they go, had enough of it now. But you see, the problem is, it's, it's the producers who seem to... Um decide this and, and it always 
I mean, I don't know many television producers, mm. but it just amazes me why they think that the public are interested. All right, you let us know. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. <laughs> Look horrified, Susan. <laughs> amazing, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it amazing? We were saying, who actually picks... I remember talking to, um, to a friend of mine uh, who had a, a quiz coming up on the television. He said, he said, you won't like the guest list. I said, well, who is it? He said, oh, it's people like the Cheeky Girls. And he think, oh, God. Any show that turns up with Lembit Opig, click, off straight away. Mm. Off straight away. Not remotely at the Cheeky Girls. Click, off straight away. But you see, I, you know what? Nowadays, I don't watch that kind of thing. I don't watch it. I watch, um, I maybe watch something like The Apprentice every now and again, but I just prefer to watch, I watch, obviously I watch the soaps and I like to watch the drama and I like to watch some of these, do you remember you gave me that DVD of the Richard Attenborough thing? Yes. can't remember the great, the world's greatest... Disaster. Oh, no, no. Greatest, it was, yes, it was all With the salmon trying yes. to get upstream yeah. and the bears and, and the migration. The it had bears. all the things, it had all yeah. the, uh, the mackerel coming in and the whales coming Nature's through. greatest events yeah. or something like that. Really good thing. I watched that kind of thing. But nowadays, I don't watch any of these things like Hell's Kitchen. No. I, I'll watch The Jungle, but I mean, that, that, that's it. I just, I, I just think, no, I'm not wasting my time watching these people. So, how are we going to cope when, when Big Brother comes back again? Well, I never watch it anymore. Oh, right. I watched the celebrity I one. I hardly watched it last I watched time. the celeb one, but I, I don't like Why the regular one. Why started, in this country, started putting in American celebrities? Who in God's name is interested in Linda Evans? I'm sorry. She's an American Ooh, has-been. Yes, but, but you do, you would do no, if you not, were a, you were a Dallas fan. Dallas. But that was donkey years well, Linda ago. Evans. Linda Evans was in Dynasty. Dynasty, that's right. She was... Um, Crystal was, She was Crystal. Now, you see, I would watch it for her because I'd watch Dynasty. I yeah, grew oh, up right. with that. Oh. So that, to me, is interesting. I was thinking you were talking about... Who was the one that was in Dallas that played Sue Ellen? That was... Uh, Wasn't Swellen. she Linda somebody? No, that was... Um, I've now forgotten it. She was a Linda. Yeah. I mean, she was on stage, actually. Didn't she go nude in Mrs. Robinson or something? Oh, yes, and I think they had Charlene Tilton in the farm... That's right. Channel 5. And you think, why are we employing Americans over here? I don't think Americans employ loads of Brits on their shows, do they? No. I mean, they're welcome to Piers Morgan. No, I don't, think, I don't think they do. I think that because they're quite... Perhaps, perhaps they Jordan were. could appear on shows. I bet they'd love to see Jordan. Of course, sadly, Jordan can't get arrested in America. Well, they've got their new Who series starting, Who else could we send over they? there? Who else could we send to America? We don't want to say, let's send Anthea Turner over there. She's so insincere, she'll fit in very well with their plastic society. <laughs> Who else could we send? I can't think of anybody else off the top no, of my head. No, I can't think off the top of my head, actually, but you know, I'm quite you, sure bet you, bet, your ne- bet your bottom dollar, Jack Tweed's going to start turning up on shows. Got this horrible feeling. A man who has got no talent whatsoever, a convicted thug, and he'll be turning up on shows, and that's what makes me sick. Well, yeah, he, he, he will do, he will start. But, but he'll, only, he'll only turn up on shows because the producers book him. Because otherwise, if the producers don't book him, he can't turn up on the shows. Mm. So somebody's got to book him. So somebody has to make the conscious decision to book him. You see, what I would like is to book him for a chat show and then have in the audience the 15-year-old that he beat up and went to prison for and the taxi driver he tried to throttle and go, actually, we've got questions in the audience, Jack. Why are you such a so-and-so? That's what I'd like. We'll be interested to see what the verdict is this week, won't it? Yes, I'm hoping prison. Lou Beale, apparently, was on Chris Moyles' quiz show. Does oh, anybody she? watch that? I haven't watched Nobody it. watched that at all, I'm afraid. It. But like poor old John Gaunt, I mean, his career's disappeared faster than you can pull the toilet chain. But anyway, she was on the So You Thought I Was Dead segment. <laughs> Charming, isn't it? <laughs> Not nice. But then, if you turn up on something like that, <laughs> you have to have a sense of humour, don't you? Have you heard you his radio show? No, I meant she does have to, not him. Oh, right, yeah. She does have to, to agree well, to something Well, she used to be a nude like model, didn't she? 
<coughs> Hello? Did she? Yeah, absolutely. In, well, yeah. Many, many years ago. Quite well, I, clearly, I remember yeah. seeing her in, in, a, in a restaurant in London, actually, a couple of years ago, and she was sat there. She was very pleasant. Yes. She was very nice. She was sat there on her own eating, but... She was Susie said, are you, uh, are you all on double pay on the bank holiday? Treble? <laughs> Treble pay. Oh, you need treble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm quadruple. Are you quadruple? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you're actually a guest. I'm, I'm on, I'm on treble. Heavens, I don't get out of bed. You know, it's when you see supermodels. You know, I get out of bed for five thousand. I don't get into bed for five thousand <laughs> and stay there. Generally, <laughs> I like that. Eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc and uh, Steve, I listened to James Max the other morning and he made fun of your pictures on his show. I don't mind that at all. I don't mind. Because actually, it only encourages more people to go and download my pictures. So I'm, oh, I'm yeah. quite I'm Is that quite the one grateful. with your leg up? No, no, there's new ones now. Oh, is there? Oh, fantastic. And all, not only new ones, but there's old LBC ones as well. I think I saw the old ones. I don't think I've seen the new ones. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, gorgeous. As anybody who's been on to lbc.co.uk will testify to, they are particularly good. I mean, Andrew Pierce admittedly is caked in makeup. I mean, I've just a light dusting. A light dusting. I don't hardly need it. Photograph through Hessian, I'm afraid. Linda Gray, says Karen. Linda, Linda Gray, Gray, that's it. Thank you. That was I knew swelling. she was a Linda, yeah. JR, I decided to leave you. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk all the time. I Wonderful loved stuff. Dallas. It was loved it. so good. The sweets that changed colour were gobstoppers, says Patsy. Yes, I remember gobstopper. You could make a gobstopper last, last a year. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, ages and ages and ages. I wasn't trying to have a gobstopper. Are we not? Nah. Or did you want instant twist? We wanted yeah, twist a lot. Like we used to something. love candy twist. Oh, yeah, but that's like that a cough was, candy Yeah, like twist. cough candy, mm, yeah. yeah. I like that, actually. A bit actually. strong for me. A bit strong for you. A bit like that Lucky Tatty's a bit strong for you. It is actually quite a bit strong. <laughs> i tell you what it is. It's the cinnamon it's dusted. It's the, dust, it's the light dusting. <laughs> It I hope your makeup wasn't that kind of light dusting. If, if I was that colour, I'd be looking like Jordan. Uh, they're, they're, they're talking about um, Cheryl Cole. She's been told, and apparently they're, they're going to try and give her elocution lessons so she can crack it in America. Uh, now, of course, it will fail miserably because she's going to sound ridiculous. But uh, even Joan Beale, professor of the English language, says that Cheryl's accent was part of her appeal. You can't just change somebody's accent. I remember years ago... Who was in EastEnders? Who was that lovely actress who played Den's wife? Oh, Anita Dobson. Anita Dobson. She, EastEnder... She's very well spoken, ..goes to, um, to acting school to learn to talk posh. First job she gets, major job. She has to go back to talking in the way she did before. Yeah, yeah. Bless her hearts. And she said, all the things I'd learned, I had to go out the window and I went back to where I came from again. So my mother was very disappointed. I thought she was quite well spoken. Is she not? Is she EastEnders? Is yeah, she she's EastEnders, East End, yeah. Who am I thinking of that... Yeah. It's really worked very well. Oh, I'm thinking of Pam St. Clement. Oh, plays right. Pat. She's yeah. very well spoken. Is she very well yeah. spoken? Yeah. Good for her, actually. Good for her. Uh, 84850. Paul in Poplar says, Can you send me to America? Last two weeks in July would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I'd quite An like that gag. too. You could send me as well. Send you as well. So, what are we looking forward to in the soaps coming up? Well, in, in Coronation Street this week, you know how Ken has been having that secret affair with Martha? Um, well, that's rumbled. And it's rumbled by Audrey. About time. Um, so they find out, and also Peter finds out that he's been having an affair and he's very, very shocked about it all. Uh, there's a start of a little kind of, I don't know if it's a romance, maybe we should say kind of a companionship thing for Jack, who meets this woman called Connie. Hmm. Um, Connie. Uh, Connie, so this is the first person he's really kind of met, because he's obviously not had much storylines since Vera left, uh, or, you know, died in, yeah. the, in, in the actual soap. Uh, so he's got... Um, He's got a new love interest. And in 
I don't think it's love, really. I think it's companionship. Um, and in, or maybe that's just because I can't think of it as love, because you know it's Jack Dalworth. Um, in Emmerdale, there's a storyline where I don't, I don't think you watch Emmerdale too much these no, days, I, do I, you? Very ready catch. Um, the new family who live in the big house and home farm, the Wilds. Mark Wilde, there's this woman who's appearing who we've not found out too much about. She keeps on cropping up and he's clearly very worried about her. Well, they come face to face, they have a chat and it's quite clear they've got, they've got a major past together. She slaps him and he says that, yes, he's did, he did love her at one time and all this kind of thing. And also, do you remember last week or the week before, Daz slept with Victoria? Now, that's a bit of a strange one because Daz and Victoria, they're not he's blood... He's written out, hasn't he? He's been written out for the moment, yeah. yeah. Um, they're not blood-related, but they are, they've been brought up like brother and yeah. sister. Well, of course, they slept together. And, of course, now she says to him on Friday, um, I think I might be pregnant. Oh, dear Lord. Which we could see coming off a mile. Yeah. Um, and Andy will find out about this and go absolutely ape. Because um, we don't like Andy at all. No, we've gone right off we Andy. Like Andy. And we're very disappointed in Katie because she sleeps with Nathan, who's the son of Mark <laughs> Wilde in the big house. And he is a little worm. A little worm. How do we know this? Oh, because he just is. Oh, because just... we know that of all the snidey things that he's done. And Lee, actually, who's the gamekeeper, he's very nice. And he wants to be with Katie. But Nathan keeps on scuppering it. And he gets his way. So, of course, poor Lee's very disappointed when he finds out they spent the night together. And I'm disappointed in Katie that she's gone for the little Katie. worm. You're a disappointment. Yes, you're a disappointment. So that's kind of really, that's really it for this for this week. Home right. and Away is very good at the moment. Home and Away. Mm. Worth it. watching. Love it to pieces. Yeah. Uh, 8 for 850. Oh, yeah, somebody else, Phil and Clapham says, the sweet that changed colour was a bullseye. Are you sure oh, it wasn't the other one that I said? I'm pretty certain it was, actually. I don't what did know you why. say? I think it was a, it was a gobstop, um, oh, aniseed ball. And they came in, we used to have them in different sizes. If you hit it really hard, it split down the middle and looked like something you'd find in the geology museum. I don't think that's an aniseed ball. Really? Oh. I don't, I mean, I, I don't mind admitting that? I'm wrong. Well, well, I do, actually. I do. Listen, don't eat too many uh, uh, Easter eggs today, because they're not too good for you. Apparently, Fortman Mason sold 15,000. They sold out of Easter eggs. Did they? I know. Phenomenal, isn't it? I did oh. get a couple of Easter eggs, I have to admit. Go and do a fun fair today. Go and do a fun fair. Don't do something. Don't sit at home all the time. Go and do it. Susan, thank you. You're welcome. So much. We'll see Susan back very shortly on the programme. Well, you'll hear Susan back very shortly on the programme. <laughs> Go to the website and find out the details. Website is? Uh, the, your website or my website? Either. Susanspence.co.uk. But okay. they, there will be something refreshed up there this afternoon. Good heavens above. Refreshed. Refreshers. We like refreshed. Oh, we I do really like do. Refresher, refreshers. We like refreshers. Yes, They're very do, nice, yeah. actually. I just like space dust, but that's another story. Oh. Listen, I'm back with you tomorrow morning between five and seven. Andrew Pierce is with you after the news, which is next, so you can have a, a chat to him. And it's at Simon Calder's in doing the papers. Very rarely off, actually, at the moment. In fact, he's almost on more than I am on LBC. We're always out at suit fittings with, with customers around the